Yeah. There's been a lot of debate recently about whether uh, it's okay to punch a Nazi. Mm -hmm. But the question we want to discuss is once the Nazi's been punched, (laughs) is it okay to set that punch to the most hilarious music possible? Joe, uh, just as um, the Catholic believes that uh, self-abuse... Uh, masturbation constitutes self-abuse in that one uh, is not using one's body to the highest purpose or alternatively is um, objectifying oneself, using oneself as a means and not an end. Uh, So I believe it would be wasteful and an affront to God not to take advantage of this sweet, sweet meme footage um, uh, however we can. You know, I I think that that's true. I think that perhaps uh, God made this Nazi suffer uh, so <laughs> that we could uh, make better use uh, of, of our own divine gifts. <laughs> this is, this is a, an innovative um, and perhaps not comprehensive, but nonetheless delightful uh, new uh, form of theodicy. So um, I am all for, <laughs> I'm all for this theory. Uh, uh Joe, what is your favorite track to watch him get punched to? Uh, I, you know, I I tried to find one that was better than the internet's favorite, uh, which was Aaron oh. Carter's "This Is How I Beat Shaq." Uh, but the timing <laughs> on that track was so perfect; it's so good. Um, we are, of course, referring to Richard Spencer, uh, avowed neo-Nazi. Or- well, he actually in the video says, "I am not a neo-Nazi," so I guess he's not an avowed neo-Nazi, but. <laughs> Uh, a a um, an avowed white nationalist for sure. Yes, um, getting um, el- elbow punched mm-hmm. um, on the street while doing an interview uh, during inauguration weekend. A video that quickly went viral. Uh, <laughs> the perpetrator escaped, and uh, the Nazi went to cry down the street, <laughs> uh, which is which. Whether vigilante justice uh, is correct or not, uh, it is sweet to watch. <laughs> I can't deny there's, it. There's no question that, that one does not feel uh, any sort of um, immediate uh, ill uh, ill feeling. Uh, that's horrible. Anyway, uh, from watching Richard Spencer get punched, there's uh, he. It's just in and of itself, it is a joyful thing. Um, also, I hadn't really ever watched any of his video footage before, and I was immediately annoyed that this guy got all this coverage as the the hot Nazi when he's uh, pretty much just a boring-looking, uh, sort of fat, uh, white college guy who uh, happens to have a haircut that was really popular two years ago. Well, I guess, you know, most Nazis are, um, you know, such... Uh, bloated incels that uh, um, (laughs) they find one even approaching uh, the middle like 60% of just general ugly white dude uh, yeah that uh, you know they they go crazy and suddenly he's you know getting a spread in magazine Uh, these Nazis are popping 
Um, uh, but so the the Twitter feed is twitter.com slash punched to music. And mm-hmm. it's uh, you can watch him get punched. Oh, I didn't see him get punched to take me out. That could be good. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I don't think I watched that one either. I did see it. What were the ones I enjoyed? There's a Death Grips one that's just good because it's Death Grips. Is, they seem made for this. Yeah. Uh, there was one that was uh, um, Call Me Maybe. That was uh, good. Um, song two, definitely. Yeah, that one actually. I mean, it was so obvious, but they they it was <laughs> <Yes>. still great. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's you're just like that's part of it. Some of them are fun because you're like you know when he's gonna get hit in the song. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> that's the the it doubles the anticipation. Um, uh, Sugar, we're going down by Fallout Boy was it yes. almost redeems the existence of Sugar, we're going down by Fallout Boy. I will say that um, it's a way to um, give uh, make a clip uh, whose efficacy might be degraded by repeated watching. Um, it's a way to give that clip almost eternal life um, <laughs> is, you know, each angle of the each each new soundtrack really makes it worth watching again. Absolutely. Um, oh, I found my favorite one, actually. Uh, mm. The Skrillex first of the year um, is fantastic. Oh, I got to watch <laughs> that one. Uh, there's a, the vocal sample uh, paired with it is just beautiful. Excellent. Um. <laughs> um, I, you know, I will say that it is interesting that here we are again discussing a, um, a visual meme genre of music. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Simpsons, Simpsons wave, uh, yeah. although Simpsons wave, uh, far less, um, political, maybe, Righteous. maybe, um, perhaps political <laughs> in its, uh, total disregard of, um, <laughs> the actual meaning of the Simpsons. I think, the, uh, I think this is a theory David S. Pumpkins could espouse. I, I was going to say the same thing. If only David S. Pumpkins <laughs> could come on our show. Um, uh, it's curious as to like, it's curious to think that there could be some songs like probably that Skrillex song, uh, like I might be introduced to a song through its particularly good use in a Nazi punching meme. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, uh, that's just music discovery in (laughs) 2017. So <laughs> we should stop podcasting and start punching Nazis is the moral of the story here. Uh, we would get more followers, that's for sure. No question. about music uh i'm joe gallagher uh, and with me as always uh a man who punches nazis for the sake of music is paul mcleod <laughs> um yes that's me 
I'm here and I'm punching Nazis. I should say um, punches Nazis just for their taste in music. That's true, actually. I, you know, hmm, they had good taste in film. The real Nazis, maybe they would have good taste in music too. Well, they liked Wagner, who's who's all right. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, it's one of those great paradoxes. All the hideous people that like the Beatles. Anyway. <laughs> Let's not get into that discussion. Um, no question. My fault. Uh, we are here to discuss uh, the best uh, Nazi punches of 2016. No, no. We, the best uh, music of the fourth quarter of 2016, um, as decided by us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, our opinions count. Uh, um. <laughs> they do. We are... Uh, privileged white American males. Uh, so by default, unfortunately, uh, you must listen to us. Uh, it's a burden for uh, basically the rest of the world. <laughs> um, yeah, so I say let's get into it. I think if anybody knows the show, they know um, uh, that we do this quarterly. So uh, let's just start talking about music. And uh, we should start with the track we opened with, which was... Um, Mannequin Pussies Romantic from their album Romantic, uh, which is uh, 17 minutes and 13 seconds long, despite having 11 tracks. So um, for some reason, uh, that actually appeals to me. So uh-huh. that helped it get picked. Um, also, I enjoy the fact that I feel like I need to open an incognito window every time I search for information on this band, um, lest I be accused of some truly disturbing uh, fetishes but it's worse uh, than perfect pussy actually. it really is although not I mean, a little bit but you know i think it's even more embarrassing to be searching it, or more awkward to be searching for exactly because i mean perfect pussy mostly sounds like a band name you wouldn't you wouldn't type that in on pornhub but you know some freak out there is looking for like what which mannequin has the best pussy i need to find out uh. um <laughs> How to add your own your own genitals to a mannequin. Exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, despite their um, ludicrous and uh, uh, awkward band name, uh, Mannequin Pussy, <laughs> uh, released a really nice, uh, if you ask me anyway, 17-minute uh, album. And the track we played actually is uh, by far my favorite. Um, it uh, Not all of them do that thing where you have um real they they all almost all the songs have really loud guitars and uh some pretty heartfelt screaming um but that one adds the element of uh almost lounge music like uh sort of guitar on the verses and um, obviously loud quiet loud is an old trick at this point but uh uh nonetheless um when done with this much uh uh, conviction uh i still get into it so um overall uh, a great album though if you're into just really loud punk in a really small amuse-bouche sized portion, which is actually um, really perfect if you ask me. It does. It gets right to the point, uh, and I like that it short-circuited both kind of the slow, any of the slow crescendos or jams of epic rock, um, and really also only played lip service to loud, quiet, loud grunge, um, mm-hmm. and. It didn't, but it didn't ignore that. It wasn't just punk music. Um, it definitely right. had um, those 
melodic elements of rock uh, woven into or compacted into these very <laughs> small spaces. Um, you know, and uh, I'm very interested in this short attention span subgenre. Um, yeah. And uh, I think Joyce Manor is another band uh, that that their songs aren't quite as short, but they have a ton of songs that are, you know, under two minutes, closer to one minute than two. Um, mm-hmm. And it's an unexplored place. Uh, so that's what fascinates me. You know, there it's, yeah. there isn't a ton of music that a rock music that tries to fit, you know, 10 songs into 20 minutes uh that's not just you know three chord or less punk yeah um you're correct and you know it makes sense in a way to do it because it's like most rock songs uh write about a minute's worth of original material and then repeat it three times um so Mm. if you're if you've got a lot of ideas uh uh and they're they get right to the point then it kind of makes sense did you ever listen to uh an album by a guy named Tony Molina called Distant Dismissed that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, I did listen to that. I don't have, I, yeah. I don't remember it too well, but um, I remember it's sort of it. a weasery thing in this format of like a 20 oh, minute yes. 10 song album or something. Yeah. Yes. And that was really just like, I thought of this good riff. I'm going to play it for a short amount of time. <laughs> exactly. And then move on. <laughs> um, and, and the effect is really interesting. I mean, I, I think when we talked about Jay Riotard, um, uh-huh. he basically does the same thing, except he compacts them into like the same track. Like he compacts like yeah. four of these songs into one track, but exactly. it, many times he's, it's the same effect where he's just shifting from, he's only staying with an idea for about like one minute or so. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't, I don't know. I I might need to listen to it more. I think listening to this, I realized how interested I am in that. And I have to say, it is nice to put on an album and not think uh, you have to listen to it for 45 minutes to get the whole effect. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a sort of different little idea. And it's cool. Um, Different from both an album and an EP. Um, so yeah, mannequin pussy recommended. Yeah. Uh, All right, Joe, uh, what do you have for us next? Um, I've got, uh, cool AD, uh, a track from his tape, the natural, his 10th and final tape of 2016. Uh, I think he could still release more tapes in 2016. I'm not, I'm not willing <laughs> to close the book yet. Somehow he could yeah. go back, backdate it. Uh, yes, he like mailed it to himself, proved he finished it. Um, let's listen to a track from that called Love, Love, Beautiful Love. All right. Hey, yo, love, love, beautiful love. Love is everything. Love is me and I am king. Love king. Ha ha, now whatever. Let's delve into the most high spiritual heights plus the deep spiritual depths. It's no difference. They on gradients divided by gravity Practically all purpose Beautiful music for your life Please love and accept these gifts The soul situations Lift us out from Our self-same tired physical self 
The truth hangs lazily all upon the corners of reality Swerve through the swamps of the memory Language is fatal yet involved in its own It's involved in its own, own sweet, beautiful all, all. It, You know, like one of those type of things The intricacies that yield hella fruitful bounties Your boy transcend counties in a horseless carriage Life is a divorceless marriage All homicide, suicide Life is truly divine, please cherish it our ideas are embarrassing. Spit me, spit me uh, 16, written, or oh, whatever, freestyle, fuck it. See me spit bars so carelessly. So that was Cool AD with Love, Love, Beautiful Love, uh, one of the 15 tracks from The Natural. Um, mm-hmm. And as I was saying, he released 10 albums uh, in 2016, um, one of which had a hundred tracks on it. Uh, I think maybe <laughs> two of them did actually, or just an insane number. Um, and I'd like to think that those other albums were sort of his papers he was submitting throughout the year, and this one was his big final assignment, uh, where he brought everything together. And I, I think he really uh, showed what he learned uh, from trying a ton of different genres from. Uh, you know, trap music to um, uh, hyphy or hefi, yeah. or however you say that. Yeah, <laughs> a Drake influenced vocoder, uh, sing song rap. Um, and it was all out there uh, while at the same time honing his uh, incredible freestyle flow. Uh, I think he really does freestyle more of his tracks than uh, the average rapper. Uh, and the result is, uh, you know, a low-key, beautiful album that is just so easy to play, so easy to put on. Uh, great beats. Um, a lot of the beats, I think, are by Amaze88, his frequent collaborator. Um, and, um, yeah, and it's it's chock full of awesome, cool AD, intelligent nonsense um, yeah. Paul, I, I quoted the line to you. There's things <laughs> like, I feel like Bill O'Reilly, I've got no feelings, but still fuck Bill O'Reilly and all his feelings. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool idea is, is the best. He's great. Yeah. Um, shit. I was going to quote another line that I remember, but I can't remember it. Um, <laughs> but I agree. Uh, I didn't listen to all 10 Cool AD albums last year, um, and I had sort of uh people like that it just like when you do that as an artist uh you feel free but it sort of makes me feel exhausted like oh my god i can't i can't handle 10 albums from this guy and you know 300 tracks or whatever it ended up being but um nonetheless uh this was a great highlight and so um i'm glad that i listened to it when it came out it's uh yeah like you the the metaphor you gave or uh simile of a a final paper after all the drafts is um really good and uh the only reason i didn't put it on my own best of q4 list is just because uh, i had a bunch of other albums and i you know make they're good beats but there's still that mixtape production um uh, is just a little lo-fi for my taste um which is not really a problem just uh, an excuse to not overcrowd my list really so um, great album, great mixtape. Uh, and if you enjoy, 
um, smart stoned people, uh, then this is the one for you. I think he may be uh, the one of the most stoned <laughs> artists, just all round. Uh, hmm. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to judge that. I mean, it's like, is he more stoned than Danny Brown or it's like, or con- like Kurt Vile, who I feel like is just stoned all the time. <laughs> I, I bet it's, you know, Mad Lib is probably up there. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, because Mad- all those indie DJs are the ones I would expect to be the most stoned. Right. I guess uh, um, Mad Lib sleeps like three hours a night and probably spends the other 21 hours of the day just high as fuck. Yeah, and just, just playing vinyl tracks and then being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to loop that. I will and say... Then- <laughs> A cool AD also released a, a stream of consciousness novel this year uh, <laughs> as well. Um, and he just released at the beginning of 2017, a children's book uh, illustrated by his wife. So, do you think, do you think cool AD like makes money from his music career? Do you think he can support himself with it? That's a great question. I think that they made a lot of money in Das Racist just from what they okay. were saying. I think they got a big, you know, because they signed to a major label. They did um, a couple big tours. Uh, okay. I, I, he he makes reference to being well off thanks to that because I'm pretty sure he still lives in like an apartment in uh, an ungentrified part of Brooklyn with like uh, like on a futon. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's speculation, but I just... That's certainly the vibe you get listening to. Yeah, <laughs> with like a million dollars in the bank, you know. Yeah, that's a million dollars in the crawl space uh, next to where his heater comes in or something like yes. that. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, good for him. Uh, uh, no one deserves it That is the way more. to exploit the system, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I will gladly give him more of my money. I, I bought this I bought this mixtape uh, despite it being name your own price everybody nice um yeah all right um are we ready for the next one we sure are okay Joe uh, I'm gonna say let's go in the opposite direction and play uh, some sort of uh, neoclassical music by uh, Sigurosa's Kartan Sveinsson uh, okay his album. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this Der Klang Der Offenbarung des Gottlichen. Was the cough part of the title, or was that? Yes, that's how you speak German. Oh boy. Let's hear it.
All right, again, that was, uh, uh, I don't know whether it's Teal or Tile, but uh, T-E-I-L-1, uh, one of the the first of four tracks on uh, Der Klang der Offenbarung des Gottlichen um, by, again, Kertens Sveinsson. So, <laughs> just keep going. Just keep yeah. read the whole album credits. <laughs> Uh, I think they said that uh, translates to the uh, horrible thunder of lightning or something like that. Um, uh, that's not what they actually said, but that's as close as I can remember. Anyway, uh, so this guy is uh, the uh, composer uh, part of Sigaros, mm-hmm. which is um, a fine credential to have on your resume. Um, and now he's sort of struck off on his own. And I believe this was uh, composed to soundtrack a uh, an art installation of some kind which i will never see um, though that would be cool but um uh w- the part we get which is the music is uh uh some uh really gorgeous classical music particularly this first track which is uh my favorite um and it's eight minutes long the others are actually longer uh and the others have uh you know opera uh, chorus style vocals during a lot of them, but um, this one is just string instruments pretty much. And um, it does the thing that I think the is the best part of Sigaros, or at least the part I like the most, which is um, when they get, uh, when they do just sort of really majestic uh, soaring um, uh, melodies that uh, owe a lot to classical music. And here, this is just the classical music part of that. And um, you heard about one time through the whole uh, motif, which then gets repeated with uh, new layers added on uh, throughout the song. But um, uh, the it's one of those melodies that is uh, both long and gorgeous and uh, manages to, I think, uh, strike the uh strike the grandeur that it's going for, which is uh, something that it's pretty easy to fuck up and suck at. So um, I love it. Um, okay, uh, you know, Seeger Rose, uh, definitely one of my favorites and uh, in no small part because of the uh, fantastic orchestrations uh, woven through their post-rock epics <laughs> um, with surprising uh, pop elements. Um, and so for this album... Uh, I was initially drawn uh, by the richness of the sound, uh, by those minimalist repeating motifs. Uh, it did feel like I was at uh, a- an installation of some sort. I could see that. Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I was uh, impressed with the sonics. Um, and then I, I think they led me um into a dark wood and i i found myself uh disoriented um uh-huh. throughout the course of the album um simply because it did it felt like a score uh, which i know is a common complaint of mine uh uh-huh. and i i just i wanted it to go anywhere and to me, it really didn't. I, I just I found no distinctions between the the tracks. I think I know they're there. I mean, I know that there's <laughs> careful study 
and and uh, 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 attentive ear um, uh-huh. brings enjoyment out of you know any any well made piece of classical music. Um, yeah, but I think when we compare it to um, uh, what's new classical, that's the term we're using. Uh, is that the, okay. that was the term you used, right? No. I said neoclassical. Yeah. I don't actually know if that means something specific <laughs> that is entirely not what I'm referring to. So, well, uh, let's use it. I think I when I compare it to uh, an album you brought to the pod earlier, uh, Rachel's. Um, yeah, uh, you know, there's so much variation and uh, different uh, kinds of in- and intensities of emotions uh, in mm-hmm. that album. Uh, so, and, and ultimately that was missing here. So I don't, you know, I, it's just an odd, bad review where I'm like, this album sounds good, but <laughs> I don't, I would, you know, if you and I were, uh, I could see us putting this on late at night while we were, you know, uh, playing Settlers of Catan in a haze, <laughs> um, yeah, but, but but not just sitting down to listen to it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would try. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's um, that's the review. All right. Well, fair enough. You know, it's uh, there are some things that are good and just don't grab certain people. That's always fine. Um, I would say just as far as how I differ from from, from you in my perception is that I actually do find. Um, quite you know this the tracks are long they're all over eight minutes long but i actually do find um quite a bit of structure in the dynamics of them like they all to me do build to sort of a climax and resolution um actually probably the last one less so than the others but um it is true that sound wise it's pretty much the same sound throughout except that the first one lacks the vocals that the other three have um so it's not it's not at all like Rachel's where you've got sort of pop song length uh, works that um, use a variety of classical instruments and um, uh, you know samples and field recordings and all kinds of stuff. Um, this is definitely a more uh, a, a more straight ahead classical palette, and um, I don't know. I think the the composition is enough to carry it, uh, despite that. The uh, um, I talked about the first track mostly because that's the one I really love, but the uh, the other ones too are uh, quite beautiful at times. I mean, it, it, like a lot of classical music, it can sort of meander for a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't deny that, but I think it does eventually get where it's going. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess I would. The, my final thing is that um, uh, it's interesting to compare this to how his orchestrations worked in Seeger Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I mean, thinking about Olson Olson, which is probably my favorite pop classical composition of all time. Um, uh, that, I mean, that was, you know, over 15 years ago. So obviously he's, um, evolved as an artist, but it's interesting to see how he worked within the band dynamic, um, yeah. versus what he eventually did here. And, you know, some of Sigurosa's later, um, albums and certainly tracks uh, showed more of this kind of monolithic influence. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know enough about Seeger Rose in terms of the dynamics of the band to tell you um, why exactly uh, that took place. 
I have no idea either. Yeah. But um, well, I, I guess don't know. Jones, maybe it just seems more hopelandish for you. Yeah, I guess jo- you know, um, Jonesy, Jonesy, yeah. probably uh, a probably Yonsi. I would Yonsi. guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he he you know controls uh, in some ways the ba- leader of the band, and I think probably you know took this kind of music and, and steered it towards you know their overall post-rock direction and less the classical yeah. one um no question which had great results so no yeah. problem with that um all right uh that's it for kartan uh Sveinson. joe do you have another choice for us from one of your selections well okay so paul um you had uh twice as many yeah albums as me so partially because you chose albums that weren't part of the quarter or <laughs> i'm or really had already been and you chosen in previous quarters i'm really bad at this um <laughs> let's talk why don't we talk about um uh jeff uh Ro- okay rosenstock's worry which spoiler alert um if i'd heard uh before you introduced it to me in this list uh possibly would have made my list as well Okay, you can amend your list to add stuff that you have found out. No, no. After I email you once randomly, it is set in stone. <laughs> it is written upon the very bones of the galaxy. Yes. Um, all right, here we go. This is going to be We Begged to Explode by Jeff Rosenstock. Okay. Someone's going to bleed and dribble trails in the snow. Strap. To the bus from an overstuffed home, beg to explode. Laura said to me. Decades gonna be fucked Our friends will disappear After they fall in love All right, again, that was uh, We Beg to Explode by Jeff Rosenstock from Worry, period. Um, it's uh, This, I think, is um, just about the apotheosis. Uh, you didn't get that from that sample at all, but sorry. It's uh, still a good intro. Um, just about the apotheosis of a kind of rock that is not totally my favorite, but the sort of sing-along pop punk thing. And, but he does it so well, and uh, with such sort of uh wry observation and uh just uh great inventive songwriting that continuously goes new places that 
it's, I think it's great. Um, I can't get enough of it. And I am not surprised at all, Joe, to hear that you too are into Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, yeah, the, fr- I, I wrote hella fun. Uh, I wrote, what the fuck is wrong with you? You didn't tell me about this album sooner. Okay. First of all, I did tell you about this album on, I am on G chat <laughs> in December. Uh, Damn. Uh, <laughs> you asked hoisted. me for recent recommendations and I told you about it along with mannequin pussy. So. Ah, hoisted by my own petard. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, a. um, uh, Reminds me first of uh, um, Ezra Furman, um, whose album uh, from last year, I believe, I uh, was a huge fan of. I'm Googling furiously because I've uh, contracted your disease of not being able <laughs> to remember the names of artists and albums. Perpetual Motion People, 2015, actually, that came out. Um, I don't remember that one. I don't know if I listened to it. Yeah, anyway, it's a great ahead. one. But, you know, this... Um, uh, it's it's a more rocking version of that. Uh, it has some pop punk influence. Uh, For good sure. To, good to see you finding uh, some uh, pop punk, a pop punk ally, Paul. Um, <laughs> it, I don't know if is shout rock a thing. If it is, it might. This might not be it. But there's there's you have this feeling that you want to shout along to this. And uh, oh, this is definitely sing alongy for sure. Yeah. Um, I I put I wanted to see if shout rock is a thing, but um, I actually refuse to Google it. Uh, I don't want to know. Um, uh, and well, screamo is a thing. I don't think this is it, but that is a thing. You know, and actually, I was thinking about a uh, level up, uh, level uh-huh. up, who we talked about earlier, um, who we thought were a bit in the uncanny valley, uh, going towards yeah. Central Mail Hotel, whereas I thought uh, Jeff. Um, had the right level, um, that tinge of manic desperation, uh, but not a straight Xerox of uh, that warm 90s sound. Um, right. It's a it's an at-your-desk head bobber or an in-your-room thrasher. Uh, can mm-hmm. really go either way. And I love that, that it has that uh, depth of emotion and also the strength of a rocker. Yeah, you uh, you should follow Jeff Rosenstock's advice in the lyrics and uh, bounce up and down trying to make the floor break. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, love the guitar sound on this. Um, that's part of, I think, why I like it more than most <laughs> pop punk is that the guitars sound more like grunge guitars. So uh, that's just uh, my particular taste for guitars, uh, which is refined and specific. Um Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all I have in the interest of brevity. Well, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's hard to describe other than the songwriting is good. Maybe how I would describe um, a, a way that it's uniquely good is, you know, he sings he sings this, the following lyrics. Um, Born as a data mine for targeted marketing. I have that marketing. one written down. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so born as a data mine for targeted marketing. And no one will listen up until you become a hashtag or a meme. And those lyrics, I mean, it's really hard to pull that off with genuine emotion. But as right. he sings it, you're like, yep, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's funny because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, that's a great line. And then I started typing it out and I was like, well, if I read it, it doesn't <laughs> sound as good. That's, but, the, that's one of the signs of a good song. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I, so I agree with you basically. It's, uh, he's, he's very good at what he does. It's not a bad line or anything. It just, 
uh, it didn't pop out quite as much as it does the way he sings it. So, right. Um, yeah. Good. Great album. Yeah. The lyrics to the, we, we begged to explode that track we played from are actually really good. So, um, I recommend anybody try those out. All these magic moments I'll forget once the magic is gone. <laughs> Delightful. Um, uh, Okay, uh, should we take it down a, nut, a notch with Kaja, <laughs> with Kaja Bonet? Let's take, let's take down a nut with Kaja Bonet. <laughs> I just can't speak. It's not, a, it's not even Freudian. Oh, man, you're in the wrong line of work. Bonet Paul Spotify has alerted me uh that uh she is playing with Mitski in Portland. What um, the fuck? And she has wisely chosen to play on the same day as Radiohead, who I have tickets oh. to. What is wrong with these people? Why just leave <laughs> your God. show when Radiohead is there? Yeah. Uh. Maybe I could make it from one to the other. <laughs> The thing, ah, uh, Radiohead is a, like a long thing. It's a long show. Oh, yeah. well. God, That's... that sucks. <laughs> it does suck. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's okay. I got Radiohead tickets. We'll talk about that more. We'll talk about that when the concert happens, but um, I, I won't complain too much. Um, so, uh, this album, um, I love the production. Uh, I think it's uh, exquisite. It has this Mad Men cool, mm-hmm. feels designed, um, not uh, feels designed, not produced, uh, and uh, it really allows her voice to shine um, because she likes to undersell <laughs> a lot of her emotion. Um, you know, and, and this track is that perfect, you know, you just see, I don't know. I, I immediately get, uh, a, uh, visual of mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, the height of like mid-century American fashion, just mm-hmm. in these sort of, you know, false, but ideal images of, you know, s- 
big city life floating through my <laughs> head. Uh, and I, I like that fantasy aspect. That, uh, I don't know if it's you could say this. It's a, a fantasy of realism or extreme <laughs> realism. Uh, so and yeah, I think I said this already, but she's got uh, a beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think if if um, it's not usual to knock an album on when it's one of the best of the quarter, but if there was only one knock, I would say I might be looking forward to um, uh, improved. Uh, I think her songwriting could go up a notch. And uh, I think that that um, I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty sure she writes her songs, but I'm not sure I should look into that uh, I, as it is my job on this podcast to, to know such things. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I would I would love to see her, uh, you know, um, uh, I think that's one area where she could improve, but still overall a great album. Yeah, um, I uh, I totally endorse the selection of yours. Um, she. Uh, what you said about that sort of uh, old school mid-century vibe is totally correct. It would, uh, I, I know that Quentin Tarantino gets hard listening to this album. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unless he just feels like he's being pandered to because it's so his vibe. Um, But uh, it's really good uh, that that's, it's like, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, old American orchestral pop that's just completely maudlin and terrible. But uh, sometimes you get more of that like cool uh, smoke filled lounge. Everybody is dressed up and has a cocktail uh, type of vibe uh, to that. Um, so more of a sort of, I don't know, I want to say cabaret, but that's not quite it. But anyway, um, just like sophisticated people who are having a party and doing it really well is the vibe uh, I get from this album. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, n- not all of the songs hold up as well as the very best songs. So uh, room for improvement, but um, uh, I just really love it. Uh, there should be more. I feel like this should be revived more frequently. Um, you know, people do it somewhat, but few try to do like a whole album of this kind of thing or make it, uh, their act, but there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of, um, material there still to work with or room to, to work with that material. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's, it's worth a listen. Uh, I think, although we probably do a good job, um, in our our podcast audience probably does a good job of self-selecting to people who like a lot of the music we like. I have a feeling that every single person who listens to our podcast would like this album at least a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, if you like what that bit you just heard, I mean, some of it has more drums, but that's the sound of the album for sure. And it's, it's just very, you're, you're right that it's uh, widely accessible. I can, this is one of those good albums I can play in the living room with all the kids around. and It's great. (laughs) Of course, as usual, when we think an album is good and like everyone will like this, people will probably be like, what, what? (laughs) I don't know. And that the way you said that made me think of uh, the people, the audience being like the Jim Gaffigan uh, uh, startled uh, onlooker voice uh, person. Sort of 
<laughs> I am not familiar with that sketch. But, oh, okay. Uh, apparently, uh, it's a it's a thing he does in like all his stand up. So never mind. Whatever. Uh, I will not. I'm tempting to bait you into uh, fully ruining the joke, but I will, uh, for the sake of our listeners, um, there's, there's no way it would be funny if I did that. Uh, right. Paul, what's what's next? What is next is, <clears throat> um, let's do Radian on Dark Silent Off. Okay. Okay, that was uh, Rusty Machine's Dusty Carpets by Radian. And uh, that is not one that I expect everybody in our audience to like. Um, huh. <laughs> in that it's uh, a lot of that sort of um, uh, very, um, not exactly thrashing, but certainly um, aggressively uh, uh, somewhat noisy, somewhat just um, not fully... Uh, I would say very groove centric, but not like uh, chill, relaxing grooves. Um, more of the sort of uh, weird Euro art type grooves, um, uh, which are appropriate to a band of <clears throat> three guys from Austria. Um, it it sounds a lot to me like uh, like Can, but without the insane vocals, which admittedly mm. is um, uh, a major uh, a major loss because. Uh, oh crap what's his name uh whatever uh all right i know the guy's name i can't remember it the crazy japanese guy from can anyway um (laughs) so there's definitely some of that kraut rock influence um, suffer. yeah (laughs) like uh like can uh these are guys who sort of jam in the studio and then edit everything into uh songs after the fact which you can definitely hear but um uh, whichever part of the process is uh, is making the sounds good, um, they are awesome. I love all their rhythm tracks. Uh, they're just um, exactly what I want, just about uh, really punchy, well-compressed sounds, um, sort of, uh, uh, like I said, groove, uh, heavy grooves, but uh, off-kilter and uh, weird. And then they combine that with a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, cool other sounds from synths to distorted guitars to uh, uh, just random noises and the effect is um, a lot of really um, really sweet sweet 
uh, rhythm tracks, if you ask me. There are a few songs, I would say, there are a couple songs where they get quieter that aren't nearly as good, but um, apart from that, uh, uh, I really dig it. Um, my review of this album is probably going to suffer from it uh, being something I liked but wasn't uh, super into. Uh, I, I will say that um, I you might disagree with this comparison, but in some ways this is what uh, your swan like tendencies mm-hmm. like this is where i want them to go um there's a lot of structure there's a lot of different sounds here uh there's a a real heaviness uh mm-hmm. throughout that um um pulls me in and then um uh an industrial um feeling that really saturates you once you're inside uh <laughs> But, um, yeah, overall, uh, I think it's, if you, it's hard to say anything to me, but like, if you like the sample you heard right then, um, you're probably going to be really interested in this album. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if you didn't like that sample, then you might, this might be, (laughs) you know, more like a, you know, light version of metal machine music to you. (laughs) Um, uh, And uh, that's okay, but it's um, um, whatever. What kind of what's this genre? What, what is what? How, I think I think krautrock is actually. I mean, it's it's very yeah. krautrock influenced. Yeah, and I, these are Austrians, so. <laughs> I think if you were looking for, you know, uh, if you if you like krautrock and you, well, okay, so if you really like krautrock, you probably already have a nice <laughs> selection of modern krautrock bands that you listen to. Um, yeah. Also, come on the show. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Damo Suzuki. That's uh, it, Damo, lead, <laughs> lead singer of of Can for uh, many of its best albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, fun fact: His lyrics uh, were improvised and often sung in no particular language. <laughs> and he's he's clearly insane um i think he actually did go literally insane actually so maybe that's not such a laughing matter we need but. to get him on the podcast uh if he's um in in good health uh maybe i hope he, so him and cool ad are sort of our target get them on at the same time um i mean if we could get one of if we could get demo suzuki i know cool ad would accept our invitation um because i'm sure he wants to have do a podcast with demo suzuki uh, he did release uh, uh, a collaborative album with uh, Omar Alfredo Rodriguez Lopez of <laughs> At the Drive-In and Mars Volta. Um, so uh, that I I might need to listen to that. It's a single. Yeah, I might yeah. need to listen to that. Um. Anyway, got distracted. Uh, I yeah. This is uh, the first Kraut Rock album I've liked in quite some time. <laughs> oh, before we leave, tell me what you think of this comparison really quickly that I had. Uh, it's sort of like Fortet's Rounds, um, but with all the beauty replaced by Menace. Is that? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that would get me to listen to an album. So I think that's a fine comparison. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, Joe, do we have any more albums from you? I know we do, actually. Yeah, we've got um, we've got one of my fuck up albums. uh uh Mary Lynn's My Animal. I think this is the last one from yeah. me. Um let's play uh the song uh The Same. 
that was the same from uh, Marilyn's album, uh, My Animal. Uh, to me, uh, this album uh, is a nice mashup of uh, uh, Jetty Lewis uh, <laughs> and uh, That Dog, uh, kind of accessing the uh, soulfulness of the former uh, while replacing a bit of her shtick with the uh, the uh, pop edge of the latter. Um, and, you know, over the course of uh, um, uh, an, an 11-song album, again, relatively short, not... Uh, to, not in the same way as Mannequin Pussy, nothing is. <laughs> but um, you know, a, a a thirty minute album, um, kind of creating a uh, something that gets at my singer songwriter side and uh, my uh, grunge girl side, um, albeit while sometimes tacking a little too uh, too much to safe safe waters. Uh, mm-hmm. I, um, think that, uh, all those years of listening to Weezer has taught me <laughs> to, um, uh, listen past that for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, so here I am with what might be my most obscure album of Yeah, I had not heard this quarter. one at all. I have no I, idea. Apart where. from you. Actually, this may have popped up on my, uh, Spotify recommends. Ah. Damn you, Spotify recommends. <laughs> Paul, by uh, p- by process of elimination, you said you didn't like one of my choices. I feel like it might be this one. Yeah, it's it's for the same reason you hedged your opinion just now. It's yeah, it's just a little too safe. Um, like even in the song we just played, like it's not bad music at all. But um, the like just that piano riff was a few ticks short of being something really memorable. Um, and I found that to be the case with a lot of the sort of straight ahead rock, uh, stylings of the album. Um, so, uh, and I had this thought, uh, not just when I listened to it today, but also a few months ago when you tweeted it, I listened to it and, uh, thought pretty much the same thing then. So, my uh, uh, whenever I agree with myself, I, I conclude that I am correct. Um, Nothing but, feels um, better than, than agreeing <laughs> with yourself. Is, uh, that is um, uh, hopefully my son's future high school yearbook quote. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, so good, uh, decent. I would I would say uh, pop rock album. Uh, the comparisons you made are good particularly that dog. Um, but, uh, I don't think I'm going to be returning to it too many times just because, uh, I feel like I have 50 other (laughs) rock (laughs) albums to listen to before I listen to this one again. Um, you know, it's funny. I see on Spotify, like, uh, someone I follow, like popped up. Um, they happen to just be listening to Colleen green and I'm Uh like, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to, uh, say it's it's difficult for me to put into words why you would listen to this rather than colleen green exactly i I think that in a way it's 
also like me being super pretentious in that <laughs> I am put I consider myself like a fine critic of rock and uh-huh. am, am saying that this album does a very good job of uh you know, doing what it set out to do that Jenny Lewis thing. Um, uh-huh. Even though I personally um, would put it under, it's it's not it's not my favorite form of rock. Mm-hmm. So uh, critically evaluating it, um, I, I find it worthy of placement uh, in my quarter four list. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I won't slam you too much. It's a uh, it's certainly. Um, uh, good you know music to just to throw on the headphones at work because um you know it's catchy it's it'll pop up every once in a while and and get in your head but uh um yeah cool um Uh, any more thoughts on mary lynn joe no that's it okay well then i believe we are on to my last choice which is uh super low by warehouse yes and i'm going to play the title track okay Okay, that was Super Low by Warehouse from the album Super Low. And uh, that, uh, this is a band I had never heard of. They have one previous album before this one came out. Um, but uh, they appear to be a uh, young Georgia four piece. And um, uh, four piece. It's weird that people refer to bands by the number of members in them as if that's like really essential information um because the answer is always three or four uh maybe five um it could anyway. be two we could be talking about <laughs> japan droids that's true or the white stripes yeah there are a few two-person bands the blow uh, <laughs> i'll keep going uh, sleigh bells uh anyway. please don't make um, me i'm out of the <laughs> crystal castles uh, uh yes actually uh anyway um this band uh is another this is another album where all the songs pretty much have the same sound um and as it happens i like that sound um it's got a little bit of that sort of i don't know whether it's flangers or phasers or whatever effect they're putting on the guitars that sounds sort of like um 80s uh uh post-punk ish or you know i'm thinking specifically of susie and the banshees uses that sort of effect a Mm -hmm. lot um and then uh combine that with like sort of really sort of more jangly 80s indie rock type guitar parts 
and um, I think really tight, really good musicianship, uh, particularly on the rhythm tracks and everything. Um, it's just a very easy album to sit there and nod your head to uh, with whatever you're doing. Um, even though uh, sort of as far as the songwriting goes, it's actually kind of spastic and often a little off-putting uh, with how um, just uh, it's sort of like a little bit more of a more aggressive talking heads at times in that way, I think. And um, then to top it all off, you have, uh, I think, a really interesting voice, particularly for indie rock. Um, we <laughs> listen to a lot of glass-throated women but this uh, on this podcast, but this might be the most glass-throated of them. Um, she uh, is almost death growling uh most of the time but then she'll also just suddenly jump into like a robert smith sounding uh sort of like choked hurried vibrato that's uh a nice little charming touch and so um yeah it's a it's a pretty weird combo that uh nonetheless ends up being very fun for me so uh i highly recommend it um i you know i i am going to uh agree with ourselves once again and say uh <laughs> that i uh, follow your uh, take on this band closely um i think what i like about their sound is that uh they don't just remind me of other um harder grunge female fronted bands which i know mm -hmm. is unfair but i do think a lot of times they kind of cluster um, yeah, and and I like that this reminds me of bands m more like um, Ought or mm -hmm. um, uh, maybe you know maybe like Parquet Courts, um, just yeah. just bands, other bands that are doing things um, that aren't just focused on the fact that they um, uh, have that uh, uh, female voice to them um not that that burden <laughs> i keep like <laughs> hedging my bets here not that that burden is needs to be on them but it is uh noticeable um and yeah their sound is great it's it's warbly uh whatever <laughs> that effect is uh, yeah and that draws uh, you in immediately along with some really good songwriting uh definitely yeah. uh one of the better rock albums uh, of of 2016 uh largely without any sort of hard distortion or anything to in fact without hard distortion um yeah so that's a little bit of a departure for me at least so but uh uh i really loved it they have the the best song in the album is actually one we played on a previous episode um reservoir yes um great track but uh, uh, all of them are pretty good. So um, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those bands that I'm actually really excited for whatever they do in the future because, um, like I said, uh, they seem to be really good at playing their instruments, and um, they have a lot of uh, a lot of characteristics that set them apart. So um, hopefully, there's more to come from Warehouse. How many how many good albums do you think we'll get out of them? Uh, I mean, look, the honest answer to most bands that release one good album is zero more good albums, um, <laughs> as, as your own theories, Dr. Gallagher, right. have uh, right. have proven, have demonstrated. But um, uh, my, I will hope that we'll get three. Maybe they'll turn yes. out to be one of the great bands of all time and we'll get five. Whoa, but, um, <laughs> that would be impressive. Hey, pa Pablo Honey is... Uh, <laughs> 
not very good. Actually, that's not true. If you pick a random song from Pablo Honey and listen to it, you're like, yeah, this is really good. This is this is really good. It's not as good as Radiohead, but it's great. I, great early 90s grunge. I disagree, but I also just have this <laughs> tendency to be like, if there's if there's any hint of I only like this because it was done by one of my favorite artists, then I like make myself hate it on purpose. Um out of principle. Um <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, Pablo honey. Um all right, Joe, we have one more album that we picked. Yeah, we actually agreed only on one album uh, to begin with, and that was Run the Jewels 3, uh, yeah. which we discussed at length uh, just two podcasts ago. Uh, anything new to say about it? Um, it continues to kick ass, and uh, I look forward to the day when... LP gets to produce our new national anthem um, for the reborn post United States of America after the Trump meltdown. Killer Mike would be a, a pretty good uh, consensus candidate for president to bring oh, us back hell together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, just a, a gun toting, Bernie loving, uh, uh, black socialist. That's what we need. I look here. I'm uh I'm happy not living in the big city, but if Killer Mike and LP will pledge to uh, stage a coup and lead a breakaway republic of Brooklyn with themselves as philosopher kings, I will move there. I will fight in the army. Or Atlanta. Well, we'll take Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta would also be good, yeah. Um, You have sea access in Brooklyn. I think that would be advantageous for... Yeah, for uh, this breakaway republic, we got to establish trade. I'm <laughs> uh, gonna need to get resupplied for, by our uh, our friends abroad, hoping to sow dissent uh, in America. Um, that's uh, how you do these things. My only comment on this album is that uh, it's it's been amazing to see um, you know like friends and colleagues reacting to it and just their excitement about it. Um, it's such a good album, and I love that. Run the Jewels is getting um, so much of that uh, popular acclaim, uh, well deserved, and uh, definitely um, the kind of music people need to listen to. Hell yeah, play it for your children. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on Q three, Joe? Q four. Q four. No. Well, whatever. Uh, we may or may not come out with our best of 2016 list at some point. We'll see. We will. We will. Anyway, so just real quick, um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, uh, please, uh, as always, uh, rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, check us out on Twitter at SavagesPod and email us SavagesPod at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, tell us which, uh, which horrific omissions we've made. What's, what's like a big popular critically acclaimed album from Q4 we didn't even think to put on here, Joe? Solange. It must be something. It's was Solange. that Q4? Yeah. No, that was Q3. That was Q3. Was it? Pretty, yeah. I remember considering it for the last quarter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I went through the list, and um, uh, we'll, uh, our our listeners who have hung on for now surely want to listen to this part where I scroll <laughs> through the best new albums. Uh, you know, did you want to listen to Kate Bush? 
uh, yeah. Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Oh, I think on, I think probably on the edge for your list was a tribe called Quest. Yes, that was actually that we should mention that one is really good, and uh, I didn't put it on there just because I had a lot of albums on here. Um, I could have swapped it out for one or the other of them. Um, but uh, everybody knows, uh, everybody who would listen to this podcast knows that A Tribe Called Quest is great. So um, check them out if you like, uh, if you like hip hop, uh, it's sort of just like pure great hip hop. It certainly is. Uh, okay, let's shut it down. Let's shut it down. It, it is down. Of the Batman, with a gun and a knife and a waistband, with the war with the devil and Shaytan. He wore a bad toupee and a spray tan. So high now, hoping that I land on a tight stick moving through Thailand. On the radio, heard a plane hijack. Government did that like the cook crack. I'm moving a world of conspiracies. Obey no rules, I'm doing me. Smoke Kush transported to the airport. Customs found a joint in my passport. Full cash and I gave him what he asked for. God damn it, it's a motherfucking miracle. Small bride made it back into America. Hit Uber and maneuvered out the area. Rhyme out Pitbull Terrier, rap terrorist terrorized, teared up. Brought gas in the matches to flare it up. Militant Michael, Michael, psycho. On any ally or rival, more black that's dead on arrival. My job is to fight for survival in spite of these all lives matter ass white folk. This is spiritual warfare that you have been dealing with. This is not a fight that you have been dealing with, flesh and blood. But this is a fight against principalities and evil.